Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 182 of The Yacking Show. This is the show that we hope will enlighten you, uh, empower you, and with a bit of luck, entertain you, but most of all, to give you a new perspective for the changing world we're living in, and it's certainly changing. We always have interesting guests, and today will be no exception. I'm really looking forward to this episode. But it's not my job to introduce guests. Kathleen does it a lot better than I do. So let's first welcome co-host Kathleen Beauvais from Waterloo, Ontario. Hi, Kathleen. Welcome back. And how are you today? I'm doing great, Peter. And thank you for that intro. And thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you. And we love reading your comments. So please keep those coming. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. His name is Richard Blank. Hello, Richard, and welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great, Kathleen. Peter, I cannot thank you enough for having me as your guest on the Yacking Show today. Wonderful. Now, Richard, yes, Richard, you are the Chief Executive Officer for Costa Rica's call center located, of course, in Costa Rica. Can you tell our, for our audience, give us a little bit about your background and what led you to relocate to Costa Rica from, I believe, Arizona and start a call center? I'm originally from Northeast Philadelphia. And when I graduated high school back in 91, I doubled down on my favorite class, which was Spanish. Went to the University of Arizona, was a Spanish communication major, interned for Telemundo and worked for the importers of Corona. And post at 27, a really good friend of mine gave me an opportunity to move to Costa Rica for a couple months to teach English at his call center. Now, Kathleen and Peter, if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world. And I decided to take that one in a million opportunity. And I guess I shed some skin that day and I was reborn and I understood that I could have this amazing opportunity to make a life here and to grow. And here we are 22 years later, I'm happily married, have a business and really just living a dream. Wonderful. Wow. wow. Now, I know on the story you, you sent us about yourself, you said you had a lot of twists and turns. So what was it like to move to totally different culture, a different part of the world, uh, different language, different everything, and set this new business up? Tell us some of the interesting stories you experienced there. Well, thank you, Peter. It was actually quite easy. First and foremost, I was able to master Spanish before coming here. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I knew to keep an open mind. So when you're a guest in someone else's country, a new continent with Africa, obviously you need to integrate and show respect and get these sort of positive reinforcements to let you know that what you're doing is the correct way. I'm, I'm not expecting anything. Once again, I'm mm-hmm. contributing. And also, let's let's be realistic here. I needed to learn the labor law, so I needed a really good attorney. The best thing to do is have an accountant and have a human resources director assisting me along with an IT department for specialists. So it would allow me to focus on what I do best, which is onboarding, training, motivating, and marketing. And so right. I could almost have a luxury trade and be a specialist. But Peter, when I was at my friend's center, I did not enter as a C-level executive. I was with the proletariat, thousands of Costa Ricans, and, and hearing the good and the bad, the happy and the sad, breaking bread with them. And for me, after those four years of working at my friend's center, I saw certain areas in which I can enhance the experience for the client and for the agent, especially the agent. Call centers, people burn out. Mm-hmm. They may look at it as a transitional job. Well, if you do empathy, 
and you give the agents dignity. And the best thing I can do is job stability and not compromise their ethics or values. I'm able to almost celebrate my 15th year in business in this competitive industry. And I always use the Chuck E. Cheese philosophy. If no one shows up at your birthday party, you have no friends. And as much <laughs> as I think I have a huge company, if nobody comes here, I have no foundation. So I'm always looking to delegate, to promote, and to try to put wind in people's sails so I could be the last boss they ever have. Oh, really good. I, I got to just, you touched on me coming from Africa. I found coming to a, a new continent, new society that theoretically speaks the same language was fairly difficult because there are two very distinctly different brands of English, as I discovered when I came to North America. So uh, did you find the, the, the Spanish you learned in, at University in Arizona, was it markedly difficult, different from the everyday Spanish in Costa Rica or not really so? Well, you always have your local expressions sure. and the slang. But if I not only did I learn Spanish, but I spent my junior year abroad in Spain. So I was able to ah. learn Castilian and Andalusian Spanish with the Vosotros form. Right. So I could right. off the bat, even though they understood it, realize that I have structured discipline and put in the efforts to show this sort of good faith to communicate in your language. So obviously it really added to my momentum and my first impression but it's the fun part is learning the local expressions and oh, if you want saying. me to tell you the bad words i know those too <laughs> you know, that's not what i'm here for it was it's really more for the romantic language experience to see if i could properly communicate right. and express myself and and obviously you can build upon something like that so sure oh interesting back to you kathy so over the years, you've trained over 10,000 bilingual telemarketers. What makes you so successful at this, Richard? Uh, I think it's because I've been in their shoes, Kathleen. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you have sat in a cubicle, made a cold call, gotten hung up upon, had a bad list, had to write a script. Really, it's the excellent way for me to show that empathy as well. And I always let them know prior to making a single phone call that learning a second language is 10 times harder than any account I'll put them on. They also say that I might be the first boss at a call center that knows their name. So immediately I establish that sort of respect. I believe in a gamification culture. So I collect classic pinball machines and jukeboxes. So prior to making a phone call, at least they're playing pinball with me so it can reduce their defense and now they're contributing. And I believe in the thesaurus because English is their second language. So if I can expand on their vocabulary mm -hmm. with similes so they can have a little bit more structure and diplomatic delivery, they may have stronger rebuttals. They might be able to transition into clarification questions which were not offensive and can prolong conversations. I will teach them to utilize positive escalations. So instead of being intimidated by a gatekeeper, these are the individuals that you could give the gift of complimenting them when you get transferred. And when you happen to call back after mentioning them in writing and verbally, they're only going to transfer the call again, remember you and give you more of company uh, culture information. So these are the sort of soft skills prior to pitching and doing the Wolf of Wall Street, Glenn Gary sort of boiler room closing, that they need to have that established foundation to where they're not compromising their ethics and values, they're properly prepared and on a level playing field. And I can add their momentum in regards to their self-reliance and self-confidence when making these calls with good faith. Have okay. you noticed um, call centers, you know, there are some call centers that are 
I would say not as successful in, 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 in their training. Um, and I have to go back because when, when Peter and I talked about you uh, before the show, and I had mentioned to Peter the other day, I said, years and years ago, when I was in the corporate world, the company paid a lot of money in training us. And although we were not a call center, just answering the phone and dealing with difficult clients was very important to them to, to make sure that we handled these calls um, very well and professionally. And, and I remember telling Peter, uh, you know, we were reprimanded if the phone rang more than two rings. You had to pick up the phone on at least the second ring. Um, and you just, there was a tone of voice we needed to use. There was a, you know, there was, there's, there was all these different things that we needed to learn. And, um, and I'm sure that you probably incorporate all of that as well in your training. Is, is that right? Well, absolutely. And sure, there's an art to speech. You were probably analyzed through a quality control or a QA department where they listened to your calls and graded you on, on metrics and KPIs. And, and there's nothing wrong with having a confident and empathetic tone. But for anybody of anyone, you should just be showing such active listening and repeating the information so it can reduce certain stress levels. Mm -hmm. I like doing name drops and personal pronouns just to keep people engaged in the conversation. But, you know, getting into this, as long as you show sincerity and the fact that you are receiving these calls, Kathleen, compared to just doing things that are Mm non-voice, like chat or email, imagine that sort of frustration level for when they finally get you on the phone, they're almost exploding. And so you're almost receiving that sort of negative energy because of that frustration and latency. And so the greatest thing that somebody can do is actually listen to a real call that you do and tell you the structure and the good things that you're doing instead of just saying, Kathleen, you're doing a fine job. These supervisors really, once again, have to put themselves in the agent's shoes as much as you can put on a brave face. There are issues that are happening outside the office, which may be affecting your work performance. And so as long as somebody can keep that sort of open mind and work with people so there's a little bit of wiggle room to reset them, to put some water on their face, a two minute here for a cup of coffee, that is fine because you're talking about two rings pickup. Okay, Kathleen, well, what happens when the queue is full? You're on the phone with Peter having the most amazing call, upselling, getting referrals, retaining the client, Peter giving feedback on how our company could do better. That may affect that sort of answering time and first call resolution that you're talking about. And if a supervisor is so rigid, well, then we're just plastic. Mm. We're not a painting. And sometimes the greatest paintings is when you say there's a mistake, like a beauty mark. That's why they call it a beauty mark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you should never rush an artist. Kathleen, my goodness gracious, you were raised to take Mm -hmm. your time and to not rush somebody when they're in a moment. So I understand where they're going from. Maybe they need to hire one or two more people because you're showing such empathy or conversations are lasting a little longer than five minutes. I think that's, that's an incredible sort of customer service department. Mm-hmm. So maybe that sort of adjustment I'd make. So you wouldn't feel that sort of pressure, Kathleen, because that would only throw you off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Excellent. Interesting. Excellent. Yeah, very good. Richard, um, what specific skills would you suggest companies that have had to pivot because of the pandemic or the virus you know we know that a lot of companies switched a lot of their staff to working from home and 
a lot of people are now interacting with uh, callers for the business from home on, on the phone. Are there specific skills that those businesses should be looking at? I, I definitely think so. They should be opening more channels of communication because of the isolation. Mm-hmm. Call centers, besides having our internet redundancy, electricity, and immediate IT support, that's the brick and mortar. But come on, my friend, you know about Synergy, and we're talking about a very active, engaged you know, environment where people mm-hmm. are professional speakers. So yep. if I was sitting in between you and Kathleen and we're all making great phone calls, you know, the high fives are in a plenty oh, yeah. and we're having fun and talking about it at lunch over pizza. And so I'm missing that, my friend. I loved walking the roads and stopping and giving you a thumbs up because Peter's crushing it or listening to Kathleen get, get, get additional referrals. I mean, that's, that's what makes leaders and aces and champions. And so when you're by yourself, sure, you'll save time and money and spend more hours with your family and have those comforts. But there is that sort of get up and go mentality Mm -hmm. of straightening your tie and fixing your hair and catching the train on time. When you get those things in motion, it's like dominoes. Those are the little things that when you come to the office, you're already in motion. And when you just roll out of bed and get on the phone, you might be off a little bit. So I I can see the difference sometimes, Peter with people mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Yeah, interesting. Very good. Kathleen. So Richard, what tips would you have for customer service people who have to deal with, let's say, angry or very upset callers? I love showing this active listening to where I can capture their tone, do a name drop, Kathleen. That's an excellent question. Your package will be arriving next Thursday, <laughs> you know, so you can, there's certain buffer boomerangs techniques that you can use with people. You can give options horizontally, rake it to find where they're interested, and then ask open-ended questions so they can explain to you why they're interested or not. And it's important to use military alphabet because people can get frustrated if you're spelling their exotic mm-hmm. name wrong or their email address. There's nothing wrong with, I always felt that military alphabet was a safe place. It was like a, you know, you're not going to get affected on that because they realize professionally, you're really trying to understand the spelling. So nothing comes back. Mm. And really it's just about understanding their position. I don't need to agree with it. I'm not giving you a free meal, but I can thank you for sharing that with me. Kathleen, I understand where you're coming from and allow me a moment to make it better. So at least we're in the now. I'm not over-promising or under-delivering. I'm listening to you. I could repeat back exactly what you said. Even your dog barking in the background. You mentioned, be quiet, Fluffy. I wrote Fluffy's name down in case I need to talk about that for a minute. And these are the sort of active listening skills that somebody can do with them. And I can't solve it because they're coming at you upset. And the worst thing you could ever do is say, I'm sorry, because I didn't spill the beer. I'm cleaning it and paying for it. But that was my friend, Joey. (laughs) So uh, never say you're sorry. I'd say more for my clarification, for my edification. These are small swords you can fall upon to not let you feel offensive. Please don't use the word help on the phone with somebody. I would much prefer words like assist, guide, or Kathleen, I'd like to lend a hand. All we're doing is floating a feather. It's still moving, but we're not going to hurt ourselves. And little by little, I can bring you in, bring you in. So now we're mirror imaging, matching 
my positive tone, my slower pace, my slower rhythm. These sort of readjustments within three to five minutes can be done. So then the remaining five minutes of the call, you can fulfill the need and convert the client. Mm -hmm. And that would be my suggestion. Oh, oh, and finally, excuse me, you and Peter make this look very easy. And I've read about your, your online marketing, Peter's Africa Adventures. I think it's wonderful. And I only get to see one-tenth of 1%. One Nobody knows the dedicated practice you two do to prepare for this. Prior to getting on, you were explaining to me all the different goodie bags that I would be getting by being a guest on your show today. That takes a lot of work and effort. And getting to this stage took so much. And so as long as people do dedicated practice, and hone their craft, especially speaking, where they can record themselves and they'll know when they're interrupting, mm -hmm. loud or soft. You know? mm -hmm. And if they can just adjust it like they do the mirror with their beautiful beards and hair, <laughs> they will be in congruence where their audio matches the visual and they will be perfect speakers. Now wow. it's my That is interesting. Oh. I, and I, I really like you t telling our audience the, the buffer boomerang technique. Um, it's I have something a picture that I... too, Peter. I got oh, well, let's see it. Oh. Oh, uh, uh, there we go. Minus two to plus two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. You just can't so, say that's a good question every time. You got to, you know, switch up the juggling balls, maybe bite an apple once in a while. <laughs> I, I've got to tell you, earlier today, I spent 30 minutes on the phone to a government organization while... 26 of that was in the queue waiting to talk to someone uh, to get five minutes of you don't understand, you don't, un him telling me I don't understand. So my blood pressure was starting to boil. And eventually he said one little word. And I said, well, why didn't you tell me that to start with? Because that's what I was trying to find out. Uh, you know, but oh, anyway, um, here's, here's one for you that I just thought of. You, yeah. You've been um, helping your call center people learn English as a second language. So I gather from that that you do call center work or you, you do calls, telemarketing calls for people outside of Costa Rica, probably English-speaking companies all over the world, do you? Yes, Peter, I mainly focus on Canada, the United States, and some parts okay. of Europe and Central America. The, the agents are capable and have the skill set to do appointment setting, lead generation, inbound customer support, and back office support. Ah. And as I mentioned, someone that's bilingual does bear the mark of higher education. And for sure, for sure. They come in here, and you know what? I would much prefer to have a squire to a knight, someone that has no experience but has the desire to learn this business so you and I can mold them and they won't have any bad habits compared to a hotshot that comes in, jumps from the center and becomes a cancer. Peter and Kathleen, I can teach anybody to use a CRM system in a phone system. Mm -hmm. But if I have this amazing artist that comes in, that's ready to go, how much fun is that? I mean, it's almost like a mini me. And so <laughs> the best thing we can do is just start them strong and build to their momentum and listen to their calls. And the next thing you know, they're coming to me telling me stuff they've seen on TV and if it's appropriate to use on the phone, a certain Basil Rathbone expression when they're listening to Sherlock Holmes, I go, oh, well, absolutely you that. can use that. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> Interesting. But Kathleen, sorry, while I've got Richard, sure. I'm gonna ask him another question, monopolize him a little bit here. Um, Please. There's uh, a lot of people are not happy with what's going on in Canada. We, uh, and I don't want to get into the politics of it, but a large number of people feel that we are not being treated well. 
And I've come across in the last month uh, a number of people who've had some connection with either Mexico or Central America, Costa Rica included, or even South America, mm-hmm. who many of them know Spanish to a greater or lesser degree and are making serious plans to move down to your part of the world. Um, are you noticing an influx of North Americans coming down to your part of the world? Absolutely, especially when I looked in the mirror in August of 2000. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a single solitary down. But but please, if I could make any suggestion, and I and I had said it before, take the time to learn the language because it will help you acclimate better. Learn the culture. Keep an open mind. Don't don't. Exp- There's long lines. There might be potholes. There might be things you may not understand. Have patience. Don't be the loud foreigner that's frustrated. Those, those are the ones that we try to shy away from, but oh no, the cost of living here is about a third. The temperature is wonderful. We have ecotourism, medical tourism, and there's such a beautiful Pura Vida sort of lifestyle where someone can really find themselves and not feel those sort of pressures Mm -hmm. that we may have, because guess what, my friends, we are given so many opinions and careers are predestined for you. And there's so many expectations. And things that we hold dear into such high esteem don't matter here, just like your experiences traveling the world. So you mm-hmm. almost have to start from scratch. Yep. There's no home yep. court advantage. Oh, and for I sure. think the three of us understand that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. I'm going to jump in with a, an observation that uh, in 2019, before the virus thing started, I took a little walk. There's this quite a famous pilgrimage in um, Spain, but I took the route from Portugal. So I spent 12 days walking through small Portuguese and Spanish villages on my way to Santiago, um, living like a pilgrim in hostels. And I loved the lifestyle. I, I, and I, the cobblestone roads and the odd pothole and the dogs running in the traffic and the kids playing in the squares and the plazas. And it was like going back to my childhood, which was a very long time ago, but with a more exuberant flair. So I, I think I could, uh, and I speak French, I don't speak Spanish, but I speak French. So I think I could learn the language and adapt very nicely coming down to your part of the world. That's just from you what you and others are telling me. You, you understand the spiritual journey, even if it's that one moment, oh, yeah. years later, you, you grew from that. And I guess we all wanted our adventure to leave the castle and slay the dragon. And so yeah, yeah. as much as we can drink life and really experience it with those potholes, well, by all means, give me a thousand bottles. I'd love to experience that. <laughs> I, I, I have a, more than a doctorate in navigating potholes, having lived in Africa <laughs> for most of my life. Believe me. Yeah, guys, <laughs> I got to sorry. The cops will pull you over in Costa Rica if you're driving in a straight line because you're drunk. Because if you're sober, <laughs> you're leaving. <laughs> you know? Zimbabwe was like that too, yeah. Uh, Kathleen, sorry, I've been taking your time. Back to you. That's quite all right. Quite all right. In fact, I have to read this one because it's a little bit of a mouthful, but I'd like for you to explain what you mean by phonetic micro expression reading for mastering verbal tell signs. Thank you, Kathleen. I once again have another prop for the audience here. Can you guys see this? Yeah. Yes, and you might want to explain that for our audio, uh, for our audio. Yeah, audio, uh, audio audience. Okay, great. 
You talk about micro-expression reading, body language, and we've seen shows like Lie to Me, and you can judge people's body postures, their hands, their face, object self-adapters, and so forth. But I believe that when you're in a controlled environment, like a call center, you're losing three of your senses, your taste, touch, and smell. Your hearing should be expanded. Don't say you can't see on the phone. I believe in image streaming, metaphysics, and books are better than the movies because of imagination. You can mm -hmm. do descriptions mm -hmm. and adjectives. Let's just put that aside. Phonetics is broken down into four different categories, tone, rate, pitch, and duration. Just for control's sake, when you do micro-expression reading, you need a consistent variable for inconsistencies. So let's just look at communication in my mind of 30 seconds to two minute segments. And also it has an introduction, body, and conclusion for the full amount and for those sorts of segments. In my opinion, your consistent tone should be confident and empathetic. We mentioned that earlier. People also talk about a mirror imaging technique. Well, I think that's fine if you're matching someone's body language, but we're talking about sight on scene. So in my opinion, it's almost like Kathleen allowing you to lead the dance. I will follow along. So how fast and how loud you go is the rate and the pitch of phonetics, tone, rate, and pitch. And I can study how fast and how loud you're going. I will match that. Why? Because every 30 seconds to two minutes, if you're not consistent, there might be a spike or a dip. In my opinion, with a first time conversation, this is the perfect time to ask clarification, a tie down, rebuttal, or a clarification question. But don't kid yourself. People can easily manipulate a tone, rate, and a pitch. And in my opinion, the greatest tell sign phonetically is the answering speed because that is subconscious. Why do you think the police asked the tough fourth question? So if you want to give yourself an insurance policy every 30 seconds, two minutes, it's not the semantics. I could care less what you say. Your tone is even eliminated as well. I completely focus on my XY chart fast, loud, and answering speed, because I'm still listening to you. But I, after you see it, you can't unsee it. Three weeks, it becomes a habit. If you can incorporate this with your active listening skills, you will be able to time when to clarify something and to move things forward. Now, it's not just them pausing. They could be making a noise, clicking on a pen, typing in their computer. There's so many different tell signs that you're guessing, and most people are not in the moment. They're jumping ahead or thinking about the past. A boxer, you put your guard down, you're out. I mean, it's almost like Chuck Wepner versus Ali. The guy almost lasted 15. I mean, got knocked down in the 15th. That's Rocky that we're talking about. And so as long as you are focused on this segment and you're listening, delivering, receiving by active listening, you are using deductive reasoning to prioritize and be the rudder of your ship. It's the, it's the philosophy of Wu Wei. Why am I resisting anything? allowing you to lead this conversation and to me to acknowledge it and to move it forward. I, that's how I can sell for time. That's where we'll be able to sell for information to build a pipeline and get phone calls back. And I've seen that this is not offensive, it's assertive. And as long as you ask names during tie-down questions, beginning or ending of paragraphs, but using the personal pronouns like your and are and giving it a quarter second slide extension, then there are ways non-visually you will keep this person engaged in this conversation and be able to control it. And as long as you practice these skills, 
Do not be surprised if you're making less calls a day because your talk time is too much. And then, Kathleen, I'm going to have to speak to your supervisor about that two-ring pickup because (laughs) you're going to be on so many long calls all day long that the metrics are going to go through the roof. And they're going to think, what is she doing? And when they listen to the calls, they're going to hear the dance. And the fact that Peter and Kathleen are such experts in the art of speech because I don't like non-voice. I think people need to communicate these days. And if you show this sincerity, you are going to be incredible at what you do. Mm. Excellent. Wow. Wow. Thank you. So, Richard, time time is getting there. Um, I have what I call my burning question, and I ask it of all successful people, and you are clearly well into that category, up (laughs) head and shoulders into that category. So in your experience, is there a single characteristic or mindset or habit that would set successful telemarketers and businessmen apart from the average who, who struggle all their lives. And I don't just mean about making a lot of money. I'm talking about the balance which we've been discussing during our conversation. Is there something that sets successful apart from the average? So much to add, but can I give you a supreme pizza? Let me give you a collage right now. <laughs> Fortune favors the brave. And there's a yep. lot of naysayers and great believers out there. And if you believe in what you're doing with honorable intentions and you're still being responsible with your family and financially, then by all means, go for it and take your chance. Do your due diligence before jumping into something. Test the waters like I did with Spanish to see if it was something that I'd want to invest in and if it was a certain sort of environment that I was comfortable in. And I also believe in building in momentum. We all have destinies. I do not want to live someone else's life. It might seem a little selfish, but once again, I'm feeding families. Mm -hmm. I built a business. I smile every day. What's wrong with that? And so you sometimes need to walk alone, be the dreamer, have that forced march, and hone your craft. The moment that you're compromising your ethics or you're forcing a fit, it's not right then maybe just take a step back and stop trying to have Kathleen and Peter pull out a credit card. Why can't we just reschedule a meeting after showing credentials? Maybe me showing you through my own expertise, ideas about a call center, who I am. And so we can, we can make nice understanding your protocols, your structure, and my best bit of advice, positive escalation. If you get passed around a company, before you get to speak to the decision maker, you should write everyone's name down because if you're mentioning Eric from the mailroom and Joey from accounting, I've heard people say, how do you know these guys? I go, they're the most amazing people you have working at your company. You know, they're going to talk about me at lunch. And this is what happens prior to a contract. So I don't need to be chum in the water with the sharks. Who's competing? I'm Richard Blank that's taking my time. Regardless of what happens at the end of these calls, my toes are still tapping because I haven't changed. And as long as you can look in the mirror and be proud of yourself that you're doing the right thing, then by all means, keep that moving forward and keep doing what you're doing. And if I never was true to myself, Kathleen and Peter, my 18-year-old self, to double down on that language, I wouldn't be here today. So it's really mm-hmm. about following right. through my own personal commitment. Mm, personal. Wonderful. Thank you for that. Wow. Very good. Kathleen, back to you. Well, we are out of time, but Richard, how do people contact you? Well, I so appreciate that. They can buy a ticket and come fly down and visit me in Costa Rica. Oh, wouldn't we love to do that? Yeah, that's going on the bucket list, believe (laughs) me. 
for our second podcast, absolutely. They can call me at 888-271-6750 or send me an email at ceocostaricascallcenter.com. As generous as you are with all of your networks and social sites, we, we have an amazing Facebook fan page of 99,000 local wow. Costa Rican Ticos. And when this goes live, you're going to get tens of thousands of new fans. And, and finally, it is a place to understand the pulse of the business process outsourcing industry in Costa Rica. We're north of Panama, south of Nicaragua, only democratic society in Central America, no standing army, 95% literacy rate, neutral accent. Companies such as Amazon, HP, Intel, and Oracle are here. So we pack a punch. Plus your buddy Richard's here. (laughs) So I got a lot of suggestions for you. Wonderful. Richard, thank you. There's so much more I want to ask you. We'll have to get you back another time. But uh, as Kathleen said, we've... We've hit our timeline, so we, we've got to say goodbye to everybody. Back to Kathleen. <laughs> yes, thank you so much, Richard, for uh, joining us today. We so appreciate it. And thank you all again for tuning into our show. And until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye.